I thank you so much, Miss Lenore. Thank you for singing tonight. Luke chapter 2 in your Bibles. Luke chapter 2. We're going to continue a theme about Jesus Christ and his birth. It's Christmas time, isn't it? All right. Um, how many is excited? Are you excited? All right. Now, I could ask this question. What are you excited about? Mm, and things might differ. Uh, it might be the list that you gave that significant other in hopes that you will receive what is you put down on that list. Hmm. There is a growing trend in our world, in our culture. And in fact, I think it's in every culture uh, that we live in. And that is, there is a huge battle for the attention to be focused where it needs to be focused. I want to talk to you a little bit about that tonight. And I, I won't be long, okay? Famous last words of a preacher, right? Um, we're in a fight to focus the attention upon the Christ of Christmas. Do you find this to be true of most every place you go? They want to take him out. They want to remove thoughts of him. And it's already started. And I don't know how many people I've already irritated with this. Um, but, you know, I'm just that kind of guy. Uh, when people say happy holidays, I immediately say Merry Christmas. I want, to keep Mary, I want to keep Christ in Christmas, don't y'all? Uh, you know, if we didn't have Christ, we wouldn't have Christmas. If we didn't have uh, Christ, we wouldn't have life. There's so much we would not have if we didn't have Him. And uh, so I, I do think that sometimes we miss certain elements and certain things when we, when we take our focal point off of the reason that we have Christmas, the reason that we even have church. You know, sometimes I find it interesting that uh, that uh, the, the lack of uh, the lack of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, the lack of something. All right, for for the Lord and the things of the Lord. It's interesting, but it's become part of the society in which we live in. I'm not excusing it. I'm saying we need to change it. Right, and no no one is going to change that other than. God's people. I want to give you some facts. I'm going to give you some facts, historical facts. And then I have a, uh, a purpose in giving you these historical facts. And then we're going to look at this thought, okay, after, after we read, fighting our focus at Christmas. Okay, it's a fight. And uh, we need to obviously focus on the Lord. Luke chapter 2, you're there. I just want to read a little, a few of these verses tonight uh, and um, in hopes that it will be uh, an encouragement to all of our hearts. The Bible says in verse 1, It came to pass in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Hallelujah for taxes. <laughs> and this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary as a spouse wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. 
She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there went and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. And here it is. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Our Father, we pray that you take the reading of your word and use it. Lord, may it bless our hearts, our souls. May we see that right now in our day, the culture, society in which we're living in, there is a great fight in focusing on the Christ of Christmas. And Lord, may we uh, learn some lessons this evening. We love you, and again, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. In 1809, there was a fellow by the name of Napoleon who was moving through the country of Austria. He was moving through that country in an attempt to conquer the world. Anyone uh, who stood in his way, he would destroy them. He, uh, he would take them out. It's many of the people in the country of Austria fled for their lives. No one, no one was concerned about babies being born in that year. Nobody was concerned about that because there were, uh, there were countless, countless babies overlooked. Because all the focal point was upon what was happening in Austria. The surrounding nations were concerned and fear that Napoleon would move into their neighborhood, desecrate their land, kill the men, women, and children, babies being born. In that, in that a potential headline, okay, a potential headline could have read like this. The world is being shaped on the battlefield in Austria and the destiny of the world looks dark and gloomy. Now, if you were living, if any of us were living in that part of the world and we saw that headline, we would probably have an element of fear. We would probably say, yes, you're right. It looks dark and gloomy. Nothing has and no one has been able to stop Napoleon from his advances into this part of the world. What are we going to do with our life? What about our children? What about the babies that were due to be born just in the next few weeks or, or few months? Devastating news. While that was going on in Austria, at the same time... England and America, two of the great nations, two great world powers, their countries, their nations were being formed in the, listen to me, being formed in the bassinets of unsuspected mothers and dads. What do you mean by that, preacher? Mm. In that same year, 1809, that's what we're talking about, 1809, Napoleon moving through Austria, in 1809, America and England were forming, things were forming. There was a fellow by the name of William Gladstone who was born in Britain. He became a British statesman and was a statesman for 60 years and served as the prime minister 
of the British Parliament for 12 years. But he was born in 1809. The same year Napoleon was moving through Austria. There was a fellow, some of you who are literary scholars or uh, you read a lot of poetry and all of that stuff. There was another fellow over in that part of the world by the name of Alfred Tennyson. A poet during the Queen Victoria era who was also born. And he made some very infamous statements. I'll read them to you. He said this, I hold true whatever befall, I feel it when I sorrow most. Tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. How many of you remember hearing that statement? Hey, you know what? He was born in 1809. The same year Napoleon was moving through Austria. Alfred Tennyson also said this. Oh, and you guys need to remember this one. All of us guys need to remember this one. If I had a flower for every time I thought of you, I could walk in my garden forever. Isn't that sweet? I'll, I'll send anybody who asks, I will send that quote to you, and you can use that. I only wish that I had come up with the idea. He also was born in 1809. While Napoleon was moving through, killing everybody in his path. William Gladstone in Britain and England, Alfred Tennyson. In America, you may have heard this name, Oliver Wendell Holmes, Sr. He was a physician as well as a poet. He was the father of a Supreme Court justice in the early 1900s, Oliver Jr. He was born... In 1809. In that same year, in 1809, there was another fellow born in Hardin County, Kentucky. His shadow sits back there. <laughs> yeah. His name was Abraham Lincoln. Is that an amen to the shadow that sits back there? Now, why am I bringing all of this up? See, headlines would, would read differently in all of those locations. And people were forming and basing, uh, you know, the structure of America, of Britain, of Austria in that year. Tragedy going on in one region of the world while excitement is being formed. And little did we know that in any of those, the great poet Alfred Tennyson or the great statesman William Gladstone or even a 16th president of the United States in Abraham Lincoln. In Bethlehem, what would the headlines be? Maybe the thought on everyone's mind was... was uh, Man, taxes. It's actually mentioned three times in the text. You know, the decree went out in verse 1 that all the world should be taxed. In verse 3, it all went to be taxed. And then verse 5, to be taxed with Mary. I mean, it's, it's obvious in the text. It was on the, somebody's mind. It was on Luke's mind. Man, this is, this is something going on. 
And maybe the headline would read, taxes, taxes, taxes. All that. But, but listen, even though all of those things were going on, you know, the mother of Abraham Lincoln or the mother of William Gladstone or the, the mother of Oliver Wendell Holmes or the mother of um, uh, Alfred Tennyson wasn't on Napoleon and what was going on in Austria. In fact, it was on little but one thing, the birth of their son. Now, mind you, they would not have known that it was a son at that time, but you know, afterwards they understood. They didn't have the nice ultrasounds that they have today and, and all that determination and everything. They, they, little did they know that they would be given to, giving birth to a son that would be and make a, a, a monumental change to the course of history, whether it was in England or in America. But on the other hand, there was one young woman who knew the course of her son's life. And what was getting ready to take place because he would be the Savior of the world. She knew. Joseph knew. Did they not both know? Did the angel not tell them both? Did, did the angel not tell Mary that, hey, his name's Jesus? Did, didn't, didn't Joseph, was he not told that, hey, his, his name is Emmanuel, God with us, and he is going to save his people from their sins. Did they not know that? They, they knew while all of these other men are, are great in the eyes of man, there's none greater in the, in the birth of, uh, of, uh, among women than Jesus Christ. And they knew. There were no headlines about Jesus the one that she had carried in her womb for nine months. I'm going to say this. It is very easy for us, for our minds to be desensitized to the facts, to the scriptures, to the story, to the true purpose, and the current push to remove Jesus and Christianity from the minds of, of people. That is a very strong push right now. And, and, and we need to make sure that we fight for our focus about Christmas and fight for keeping Christ in, in the forefront. Fight to keep Christmas on the billboards and fight to keep the name Jesus everywhere that we possibly can. And not just become desensitized because it's a season or because it's, it's a time of year where people think about other things. No, we need, to, we need to fight for that focus. We need to fight and say Merry Christmas. We need to fight and say in Jesus' name. We need to fight and pray in the most wonderful name that, that, ever, walked, that ever was spoken in, uh, by lips in this world. Did you know there are extremists that exist in our world that have said this? I read this a few years ago, and, and I, I, I want to make this statement again. But there are extremists a few years ago come up with this idea of calling God a sexual predator. Now, I'll be honest with you, that's ridiculous. He, he wasn't a predator in light of that. He was looking for character. 
He was looking for somebody that had an upstanding testimony. He was looking for some woman, so a, a virgin, a young, uh, a young girl, a young, young virgin uh, girl like Mary who would, who would be obedient, who would be submissive to, to what his plan was, to, to carry in her womb the, 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 the Son of God, his own Son, conceived by the Holy Ghost of God. That's what he was looking for. He was not praying on her at all. He was not attempting to harm her in any way. In fact, he needed someone to carry that baby. And he chose her. Oh, for which I'm very grateful. I'm thankful for the birth of Jesus, aren't you? Let me ask you this question. Do you think it's worth fighting for to keep Christ in Christmas? Do you think it's worth fighting for to keep our focal point? And look, I'm, 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 I'm fine with many things around in Christmas, but one of the things that I'm very adamant about, we need to make sure we keep Jesus where Jesus needs to be. I'm just saying. We lose too much already in this world. We can't afford to lose much more. Let me give you three thoughts real quick about fighting our focus at Christmas. Number one, we need to keep Jesus in our heads. Now, what do you mean by that, in our heads? Our thoughts should be centered around Him. When we wake up in the morning, when we go to bed at night, throughout the day that we, uh, that we live and exist and go about our business, keeping Jesus in our minds. I, and I know we get enamored by so many things, so many things are bothersome in our world but if we could just simply keep and fight fight to focus on Jesus at Christmas and keep it in our minds keep it in our heads number two this is going to be quick I told you it's going to be quick number two not only do we need to fight in our heads our minds, our meditation but we need to fight in our hearts the love the love and the affection should be directed towards him. You know, he told us that he loved us, didn't he? And, and John says we love him because he first loved us. We really don't know what love is until we discover the love of Jesus. And discovering the love of Jesus makes all the difference in the world. So keeping our hearts focused on Christmas. Let me ask you this. How many love Christmas? Do you love Christmas? You love everything about Christmas. You love the sleepless nights. It's worth it. For some, it's worth it. All right. Yeah, it's worth it. I see some of you shaking your head. Uh, uh, how, many, how, many, how many love the songs of Christmas? You love the songs of Christmas. How many, how many love the gifts of Christmas? All right. How many love giving gifts at Christmas? Okay, all right, that's better. How many love receiving gifts at Christmas? Be honest. Yes, you do. But see, our affection and our heart is not in those things. It's not really in the songs. It's not, but it's, it, it's who the song's written about. It's not really in the, 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 um, the presentation, it's not or the presence, it's not, it's not in the decorations, but it's in who it's about. It's about Jesus. And so the love for Christmas, we should fight to keep our focus in loving Him for Christmas, keeping our heads 
and keeping our hearts in the right place, directed toward Him. And then I'm, one more, and I'm done. And that is in our hopes. Our expectations. What are our expectations when it surrounds Christmas? When it surrounds Jesus? Now we know what the text of Scripture says on numerous occasions, right? It talks about Him being the Savior of the world. Him saving people from their sins. That's the expectation or the hope that we have. Let me ask you this question tonight. How many have or know somebody that is dear to you or close to you that's lost? You know what the greatest hope that we have is that they will know Jesus during this season. Wouldn't that be a blessing? That would be the greatest, the greatest gift that could, you could ever receive. Bypass everything else. And I think one of the things that would help in, that, in those situations is to keep fighting for the focus at Christmas and making sure that Jesus is there. Our Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Father, for the fact of Christmas and that we have something to fight for. May our our focus be upon you during this season. May it be in our thoughts. May it be in our hearts. May it be in our hopes and expectations that you are the true reason for the Christmas season. We love you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Their heads still bowed. Hey. It's, it's invitation time. Miss Debbie's going to play. If there's a need, if there's a need, if you think the fight is worth it, you want to pray about that, then here's, this is the time. She's going to play whenever she is ready. How about that one person you know?